there were no I don't think I did anything weird the only thing at the end there I just had my mic off I was talking I was definitely talking but I, you guys were like all right I guess Duff doesn't have a pick I was like is he trolling me and I, I can't really sing <laughs> la 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 Listening to the NBA Outsiders, a sports blog New York podcast, which you can listen to on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, and of course SoundCloud. Last but not least, on sportsblognewyork.com and follow us on Twitter at sportblognyc for updates when there's new episodes. But a much easier way here is to just subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all that. So you know, you get a little notification, you get a quick little download, so you can listen to the NBA Outsiders or the SBNY podcast at your leisure, on any of your devices, whenever you may please. But of course, thank you for tuning in. Today is a great day, a great episode, where the NBA Outsiders, we're going to break down the over-unders for every single team in each conference. In this episode that you're listening to right now, it's the Eastern Conference episode. So we're going to hit every team over-under, talk about it, make our picks, and keep it moving. We don't want to keep you here too long. So without further ado, let me bring in my guest for today, Justin Bab, what's up, man? T- give me 10 seconds on your thoughts on the Joel Bean extension. Uh, love it. Really optimistic. No, he's injury prone, but I'm glad we locked him up. He's a Philly guy to the core. Well done. That might have been eight seconds. Couldn't have asked for a better thing. I'm a little nervous. I think that's obvious uh, for people to be nervous about this, but we're going to get into that, I'm sure, when we get to the Sixers. Next, John Lucas Duffy. What's up, man? What up, what up? How ready are you for this NBA over-under season right now? Oh, I'm very ready. I still am not sure what I'm going to pick for half these teams, but it, it'll come to me. I'm gl- I'm glad that you're just you know showing no confidence right off the bat. You know, you can't you, you gotta you gotta downplay it. Set expectations really low. This way, no one's disappointed. And then all of a sudden, we're gonna be talking about the Pistons. You're gonna drop some fire. And we're gonna be like, damn, this kid Duff knows what's good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in the Pistons, because. Fuck them. That's definitely the most confusing team on this list. <laughs> well, anyway, our last but not least, Frank Volani. How you doing, man? Good, Gabi. How we doing over there, man? Ready to make some picks? I'm doing good. I'm pumped to have the NBA Outsiders here today. We are a sports blog New York podcast, but we are the NBA Outsiders. It's Pete, it's Frank, it's Duff, and it's Bab. That's what we go by pretty much nine times out of ten around here. Uh, so get to know us. And if you like what you've been hearing, if you like what you hear over the next hour or so, Please, let us know. It means the world to us. We love doing this podcast. We're super excited about this NBA season to bring some great NBA content for you guys. Some fun stuff, some serious stuff, some stupid stuff, everything you can imagine, everything we love about the NBA. So stick with us. If you're going to get on the train early, we love to hear that. So let us know. Leave a little rating. Leave a review. Shout out the NBA Outsiders on the Sports Blog New York podcast. And of course, listen to all the SBNY podcasts uh, since I'm on most of those as well. Shameless little plug. But without further ado, let's start it off with our first team. And the first team, obviously, we're going to start with the worst team. So that is the Chicago Bulls, according to the over-unders from Las Vegas. Uh, and that over-under is set at 22. Frank, since I introed you last, we're going to start off with you. Chicago Bulls, 22. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with the under for the Bulls. Uh, very young, inexperienced team. Uh, they, really, their only veterans are uh, Robin Lopez and... I don't even know who else. That's how young they are. So they don't really have an established guy yet. And uh, I think it's going to be tough for them to win 20 games without a go-to guy. Tough. Yeah, I'm with Frank on that one. Uh, Hopefully baby Dirk shows us some stuff this year. Uh, The the finished Dirk. But 
Can we call him that? Yeah, what, what is it? Frank, you were talking about the other day. Uh, Robin Lopez is like 29, but their, their average age yeah. on the team is like 23. I think that was me. So Robin Lopez yeah, yeah. is the oldest guy on their roster, and he's 29 years old. And they still, yeah. with him being the oldest, have a median age of 23. I mean, just listen to these names. They're all young. Like Justin Holiday is like a veteran for them. Chris Dunn, even though he stayed late in college, Denzel Valentin, same things. Jerry and Grant, they're all 25 and younger. Uh, Zach Levine is still super young. Laurie Marketing, Bobby Portis, super young, super inexperienced team. Not a lot of success in their pockets. Yeah, yeah. I'm for sure taking the under on that one. I'm 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 gonna agree with both of you. It sounds like Pete might go with the under too, but uh, I think they're under. They're way too young. Um, you know everything. Delphin Frank said uh, it's gonna be a growing season for them, but yeah, they're, it's the under for them. Don't take from Michael Porter. It'll be fine. That is what they should do, Duff. They should be tanking for Michael Porter or Luka Doncic because those two guys look like they can be legit NBA talents. Uh, but I'm going to go with a slight, slight over on the Bulls. Uh, and it's kind of because just I think they have a weird group of people who will play hard for Fred Hoiberg. So, I, you know, with their whole thing of getting young and athletic and they didn't actually do that over the past couple of years, now they're actually really young and they're kind of athletic. If these players buy into Fred Hoiberg and this guy is basically coaching for his job with this lack of talent and the lack of success over the past two years. So I have a feeling they can like put some good games together. They're going to play hard. I think these guys have a lot to prove. Like literally everybody I named before has something to prove in this league. Who doesn't like Robin Lopez? Yeah, but sure. He's an average player. Everybody else in the team has something legit to prove to the NBA. They're going to play hard. I think they're going to be a slight over 23, 24, still be in play for the number one pick. But without further ado, I guess we got three unders and an over. I'm the only one over on the Bulls. Uh, but they're going to be a bad team. They're not going to be a lot of fun to watch unless you're really interested in Finnish Dirk, which I'm not comfortable calling him, by the way, Duff. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, a big, that's a big cat movie. He's been calling him Baby Dirk ever since they drafted him. Oh, big cat, Mr. Chicago guy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and speaking, Mitch Trubisky of, made his debut. Speak, yeah, exactly. Speaking of really teams that are going to be just awful to watch this year, the Hawks. The next team up. Over-under set at 25-and-a-half. Pretty sure this is going to be the worst team in the NBA to watch this year. So you're going with the under? I'm probably going to take a hard under here, yeah. I feel like this line should almost be set at, like, 18. This is <laughs> – I, I just – I just don't see it with this team. Like I, But I also don't think there's anything fun to watch because they didn't get a good draft pick last year because they actually made the playoffs, but – uh, you got to stay woke on John Collins. I'm gonna, I'll take, I'll take the start, the stride on here, and then whoever wants to go next. I'm gonna also, I'm gonna grab the slight, I'm gonna grab the slight under. I think 25 wins is actually like their sweet spot. I think they're gonna get 25. I think they're gonna win a couple more games in the Bulls. I don't think they're gonna be the worst in the league. Um, and it's basically because the system, like they have a true system, they have a true leader in their coach Mike Budenhoser. I don't think they're going to be absolutely pathetic. They're just going to be really bad. Um, 25 wins, 24 wins. They're going to hit the slight on the on the, the Hawks. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, slight under, though. Not as much as uh, Duff. Um, I think Mike Budenhoser is one of the better coaches in the Eastern Conference, and that team always seems to be bought in defensively, and they always seem to play pretty well together, no matter who's out there. So uh, I think they'll be able to compete at least with the good teams and might have a good chance against some of these bottom teams as well. 
Yeah, in the Eastern Conference, I can see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the under two. Uh, they do have a good coach. He's got a good system in place. Um, he's proven that he can uh, get players to buy in. Uh, Schroeder's not a bad player. I mean, he's a good player, actually. Baysmore's decent. But, uh, yeah, I'm still saying under. I don't think they're going to be the worst in the league, like Duff's saying, but um, they'll probably be around 23, 24 games. Two people to, to, to stay woke on with the Hawks, and in a good way, is Terrain Prince and their rookie, John Collins. John Collins had one of the better summer leagues out there pretty quietly dunking on people, real athletic four. I think Terrain Prince, he actually earned himself minutes last year in the playoffs. Like, he didn't just get thrown in because they didn't have anybody else, even though, you know, they traded away as, about as many people as they could, Kyle Korver being the, the big name that stands out. Terrain Prince earned minutes in those final in uh, those playoffs. He might be a good second-year rookie here. He's real physical, decent shooter. And you know what's funny? And not to throw shade at my man Babber, the Sixers, too early in this podcast, <laughs> but people hate on Kent Bazemore's contract, right? So he is, you know, too highly paid. Sure, say it. But he's a guy who plays, who plays hard, who plays defense, and he's just an average player. And when you look at some of these contracts, and the one like Joel Embiid, which will come up when we get to the Sixers, at least you know with Kent Bazemore, he's going to be on the court. He's going to be playing, you know, like, that this team should have like some sort of consistency, just consistently kind of bad. Yeah, you can't judge a player by his contract. Bazemore is a, a decent player. Uh, a bunch of player, players are getting paid big money, just decent average players, but he's a good player. Yeah, yeah I, I could definitely see him getting traded just because they're tanking anyway. Why do they want to pay him that money? Good point. I mean, a lot of these teams are going to do whatever they can to, to, to get picks. I think with this draft lottery change, people are going to be a little bit uh, crazy about making sure they have good odds in this last draft before they even themselves out. But let's keep this thing moving. We got a bunch of unders on the Hawks, a couple slight unders, one hard under. Uh, but let's move on to the next team, and that is the Brooklyn Nets. One of the real interesting teams in this, this year, because of their lack of draft pick, they have literally nothing to lose. Uh, they have just experience to gain and players to give opportunities to. They have two guys who kind of I look at as revengeful players, right? So Jeremy Lin has been doubted ever since Linsanity. D'Angelo Russell had a horrible upbringing in Los Angeles. Had Byron Scott as a coach. I mean, it couldn't be worse. Kobe's last year was a circus. He messed up on his part. He has a fresh start. He's on a team where he's going to get shots. I'm excited for Jeremy Lin, D'Angelo Russell, and that ragtag team of guards and a couple bigs that they got. But they're over-unders 27.5. So, Frank, I'm going to go to you. How do you feel about these Nets? Uh, I got the hard over on these Nets. This is my this is my hot take of the over-unders for the Eastern Conference. Uh, Does that mean you're locking it in? I'm locking it in hard over for the Nets. I see them winning, you know, possibly 36 to, you know, Woo! maybe 40 games on the high end. I know that's <sighs> But I think the Nets are a playoff team in this Eastern Conference. Uh, I think they're going to be able to complete defensively with every team in the Eastern Conference. And, uh, yeah, man, they're young and long. Wow. Yeah, Atkinson's a good coach. Wow, who wants to take it from from Frank's uh, Frank's first lock? Well, I agree with Frank. I'm going with the over on the Brooklyn Nets. They got a long team, even off the bench. Um, They got a couple good defensive players. Um, Lynn and Russell, like you were saying, you know, Russell, you said it was a terrible situation. I think he'll do a lot better here in Brooklyn. Um, Lynn's kind of a wild card, but um, Ron House Jefferson's a good defender. He's long. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the over. I'm not a hard over. I'm not locking it in, but they're uh, they're going to win more than 27 and a half games. Duff, what do you think? I'm actually going to take the under on this one. Um, I could certainly see 
if this team plays together for the whole season and everyone buys in, <clears throat> that they could hit the over. Excuse me. Uh, but I feel like anyone who plays well for them is just going to get traded away so you get more draft picks. Like if Damari Carroll or Rondé House Jefferson or Jeremy Lin, if any of those guys show that they can still play, it's not like the Nets are really expecting anything out of this team. I think they kind of just bought low on some of these uh, some of these guys with bad contracts, and then they're looking to sell high, get some picks. And that's a really interesting point. Let's think about some of these guys in the roster. I think Alan Crabb's a guy who wouldn't be one who gets moved. But if you yeah. think about Damari Carroll, if you think about a guy like um, even Trevor Booker or Carice LeVert, like these are guys who have redeeming qualities in the NBA. But the thing with the Nets that kind of weirds me out a little bit, because I, I really do like some of the pieces on this roster, is they kind of have a logjam in the 1-2-3 spot. I mean, I'm going to name all these guys to you and think about there only being two, sometimes three, because some guys can play small forward, but two spots on the on the floor for all of these names. So you got Jeremy Lin, D'Angelo Russell. you got Dinwiddie, who's a nice little young player. Carice LeVert, who people really like. Great size, real versatile uh, offensive player. Sean Kilpatrick and Isaiah Whitehead. Like That's six guys right there who on the Nets, especially in the realm of being on the Nets, deserve minutes. And then when you're trying to spread minutes around and give opportunities to all these different pieces, there is a chance that no one gets in a rhythm. So it's going to be interesting like what their rotation looks like, I think. But I'm, I'm going to go with Bab and Frank. I got the over. Um, I think they're better than the Knicks, and the Knicks are set at 30, which they're the next team we're going to talk about. I think they compete on defense. I think they compete in general which is something that you don't see when you watch the Knicks every night. Um, so I like the Nets. I'm excited to watch them this year, and I love that they have nothing to lose. They do not go down in any draft because they don't have a pick. So they got to win the games. They're trying to get better. they got a rookie in Jared Allen who I look forward to watching. I'm going to go with a, a nice over, not a hard over like Frank. I think they win 30 games, 32 games um, with a little upside, and I'm excited to see some of their young guys. So if you're high on the Nets because they're better than the Knicks. I'm assuming you're taking the under on the Knicks? Yes. Uh, all right, so that's where we're going to start. We'll start that one off. I'll go first since we're since we're segueing in that direction. Um, I said a nice over on the Nets. I'm, I'm saying like 32, 33 wins. I think the Knicks are exactly in that range as well. I, I'm going to take a slight over on the Knicks as well. I can't imagine them winning 28 games. I think I mentioned with the Bulls how they really should be tanking. For the, for the top pick because their roster is real young and not good. The Knicks, technically, if you want to be that guy, should be tanking as well. They need to get high picks to make this roster more talented, right? Very simple. But the Knicks don't tank right, and it's just history to, to prove that. They win a few games here, they get a guy hot there, and they're going to win some games. I think the Knicks can score, and the reason why I think the Nets will be slightly better at the end of the day is because the Nets defend, and the Knicks are going to give up 150 a game. disagree with you um i'm gonna go under on the knicks uh i know it's porzingis's year to step up and be the guy which i think he will do but i still just think that this team is too young young teams know it's nba we know that um i have him as a slight under though not not crazy maybe one or two games under 30 30 wins but yeah i, I don't really see them winning 31 32 uh, especially with Chris Stapps, Porzingis, you know, still transitioning to being a lead guy. He's not necessarily that guy just yet. So you're not super high on them winning games. Uh, are you excited for 
watching them grow at all? Like, what players are you looking forward to seeing possibly grow here? Uh, I mean, definitely. That's that's really what we've been looking forward to as Knicks fans for a little while now. But obviously, you want to see Chris Stapps continue to grow. Uh, you want to see Tim Hardaway grow into his contract because, you know, he's a lot of people will tell you he's not that player right now, but I think he's got a good chance of being a player that's that caliber. Uh, obviously, you got the 18-year-old Frankie Nilakina from from France, who's uh, an intriguing young guard. And uh, out of the big men, I think you know Enos Cantor might get a step up in usage, and it would be very nice to see get a a step up in uh, production as well. So Interesting. I mean, they got some pieces. They really do got some pieces who you want to watch. You want to see what they become. Uh, another guy, Duff mentioned trade possibilities. If Dougie McBuckets is doing a little something-something or at least shooting at a high rate, the Knicks might want to flip him. I could see that happening. Duff, what do you think about the Knicks? I would not <clears throat> I would not be surprised at all if that happened. Um, I could definitely see him getting flipped. I don't know if that guy's ever going to find a home in the NBA. I feel like he just keeps getting passed around. Uh <clears throat> but I'm going to actually take the under on them. I'm with Frank. I just think they're not going to be focused on winning games. And I, I don't know if these pieces are going to fit together. I don't know if they have enough shooting. We'll, we'll see, but I'm, I'm definitely going to take the under. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the under too. I just agree with what you guys were saying. I think they're pretty bad defensively. They have some interesting pieces. Hardaway, Baker. Uh, Dougie McBuckets, obviously, everyone knows Przingis. I even think on their bench, you know, Cordy Lee and Beasley and, you know, Lance Thomas. But, um, yeah, I just don't see them winning uh, any more than 28 games, I'll put it at, 27 games. I'm uh, going under. You know what the Knicks are? I mean, they're the team that when you look at all their players, like you just mentioned a couple. Uh, I'll even add, like, Kuz, who Knicks fans love Kuz. I love Kuz. You think about Damian Dotson as a second-round pick. It's like... They're all guys that you go, okay. Like, all right. And it's just nothing <laughs> too exciting. Like, there's not a lot that's of excitement. All you, that's all you got for them. All right. Right? Like, if I told you Lance Thomas just checked in the game, what would you say? Get that bum off the court. <laughs> Frank hates Lance Thomas for anyone listening out there. Apparently. He's a bum, man. Never's done anything. And I don't know. I guess he's like a nice person. I'm not trying to attack him as a person, but do not like his game at all. He actually seems like a really awesome person, which is unfortunate because his game can be frustrating. He pump fakes literally every time he gets the oh. ball. <laughs> so frustrating. You know, 2K picks up on that too. Like, even when you play in the my career, he won't shoot the three until someone's right in his face after he pumped three times. Like, all right, thanks, Lance Thomas. <laughs> Frank's just oh, trying so to get his assist out. That's why just because he sucks in 2K for your my play. And, I mean, and in real life. He does the same. Like I said, it mimics real life. It's pretty. It's pretty damn accurate in that in that case. Right Frank, there. Frank's just trying to get his assist up and his my player. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, let's keep moving. We got the Indiana Pacers thirty one and a half. By the way, uh, Frank Bab Duff all under on the Knicks. I was the only over. I think slight over. I think the Nets are better. Indiana Pacers, on the other hand, thirty one and a half. Bab, I'm going to you first. What do you think about the Pacers? Uh, they're gonna be. I'm locking them in as an over right there. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to lock them in as an over. I think they have some decent pieces. Um, I've always been high on Oladipo, like him a lot. Um, so I think he can kind of – I know he's young. I think he can lead a team offensively. He's crafty defensively. Uh, he's kind of – he's long. Um, I like him a lot. Um, 
Thad Young watched him a lot in Philly. Miles Turner's not a bad center. I mean, I, right now. But, um, yeah, I'm going to lock them in for the over. I think they'll be a really good defensive team. That's where they'll hold their identity, make their make a name for themselves, and uh, lock them in for the over. Wow. I, I, I can't – I'm honestly floored right now. I, I Yep. Of all the teams, I even expected the Nets to be more excited than the Pacers. I mean, uh, you, you just shocked me. Can somebody else talk about the Pacers? Duff, I'll go to you. Uh, this, is, this is the wrong hill to die on. Oh, thank you. Know, you. Thank it's, you. It's, it's, the Pacers are going to be ugly. They're going to be disgusting. They're going to be horrible games to watch. Any game they win is going to be about 85 to 75, and it's going to be awful. Um, but I am going to take the over. Uh, having, having said all that. I will take the over because I do think that they are better than the Knicks and the Nets, and you guys are saying that they might hit the over, and I, I think it'll be close for those teams, but I think the Pacers will actually clear it by a decent margin. Miles Turner's just going to win them some games on his own. Oladipo's due to go off every so often. I don't think he's as, as good offensively as Bab says, but yeah, I'm going to take the over. Frank, what do you got on the Pacers? Dumpster fire, under, garbage takes. Booty balls. Yeah, man, that team is no good. Um, I don't believe in Victor Oladipo one bit. Uh, the Magic stunk when he was their guy, so I think the Pacers will stink with him as the guy again. Uh, I actually like Miles Turner. Um, I'm not as high on Thad Young, uh, and they really don't have good guard play. So for that reason, under, and I'm out on that team completely. Thank God, Frank. I'm with you, man. This roster is weird. It is not very good. I mean, you're looking at Darren Collison as their starting point guard. I think Corey Joseph can win that job. But even still, then you're running out Darren Collison, Corey Joseph, Victor Oladipo, Lance Stevenson. I mean, yeah, people like Bojan Bogdanovic. People like Thaddeus Young. But it's kind of like those guys who I said on the Knicks off the bench. Like It's like, okay, if I told you Bojan was your starting small forward and the best player was Victor Oladipo, it's like, Oh, okay. That's not very good. So I don't think they're a very good team. I think they uh, they have a lot of pride. So like they're not going to truly buy into a tank. I, at least I, I don't think so. But they have some movable pieces. I mean, if Bojan is playing well like last year, he can get moved to a playoff team. Same with Corey Joseph. But they just signed him, so why would you do that? I think they're a weird team. They're in flux, and they're they're not very good. They're going to go under. I'm shocked, Pete, to hear you to hear you talk so harshly about your boy, Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, you know, it's funny. I used to back Boyan Bogdanovich, Duff, when we started this pod, when we were still in college. So that's before we even, you know, had this pod on iTunes or we're really doing yeah, anything, anything even remotely serious. We were just having some fun, like, practicing and whatnot. Uh, but I used to always shout out Boyan Bogdanovich. And then last year, he became, like, a vital trade in the second half of, this, in the, second half of the year. So yeah, I'm, he's he's like decent, but you you were always like you you were treating him like he was the second coming of Pedro Stoyakov. <laughs> you want to know why though? Honestly, it's because one of Frank's roommates is a Nets fan, and we would be watching the Nets, and he would just whop threes sometimes, and we just get pumped. Like if Bojan gets you jacked up, he gets you jacked up. What do you want from me? Yeah, I, feel, I used to feel the same way. Who was that guy in the Knicks? Steve Novak. Oh, dude, happy. I love that guy. There was like a month when I was a junior in high school where he actually didn't miss a shot. Yeah, he was a sniper. <laughs> I think everybody went through that phase. Like, every basketball fan ever looked at Steve Novak, and they were like, that guy right there. Like, maybe I could have been him. So, (laughs) I want him so bad to do well. Like, 
and it's awesome. He hit he hit threes. He hit some big threes that season, actually. Oh man, he was good. Like he actually played a lot of minutes. And then after like two years, they were just like, "Wow, this guy's really bad on everything else." <laughs> In my recent memory, so, I mean, talking to Two K, he is the lowest rated player I think I've ever seen in Two K. So. <laughs> And uh, 2K don't lie, bro. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and neither uh, neither is Bab, apparently. I mean, he's going over lock on the Pacers, 31.5. But me and Frank Absolutely. are on the under, Bab and Duff on the over. Like I said, Bab with the lock. Next, the Orlando Magic. Uh, I don't think there's too much time to be spent on the Orlando Magic. I'm just going to say this. They have been in the lottery tanking straight up since Dwight Howard left. It hasn't worked. It hasn't led to any wins. It hasn't led to much of just weird offseason signings turnover in the front office and their best player or most promising player right now is a guy who hasn't played an nba game yet jonathan isaac uh this team is weird i don't see them fitting together i don't see them scoring points or i'm out on the orlando magic i'm gonna say under on the 33 and a half um but they have a chance at 34 35 but i'm gonna say under uh i got way under on them i think this team is absolute trash they have a bunch of players who who are like in their last year, like it's it's sink or swim year pretty much, um, and I can see a few of them sinking. To be honest, uh, I, I, honestly, the most interesting and like cool storyline in the Magic off season to me, besides Jonathan Isaac, is that like their sponsor is Disney. Like, <laughs> but besides that, like, get the Magic out of my face is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know where they're gonna get any and like any buckets from like I, i'm looking at their now, team, see, like, I, I think i think like, they got a few buckets i think they just have no d and no like actually they just have pretty bad at everything <laughs> so. yeah like i don't know like I'm, I'm under on them too i think that that's a little high their line and they're just a weird team that's not going to be good at all they're gonna be under yeah they're t- they're a lot they won 29 games last year i have no idea how they got four and a half games better from last year to this year I guess Aaron Aflalo and Jonathan Simmons are going to be crushing it this year. Um, but I'm for, I'm for sure with you guys. Let's let's hit the under and then pretend we like we never talked about the Magic, please. <laughs> Duff, take us to our next one. Next one. This I said it before and I meant it. This really seemed. This is the weirdest line to me. Like it's nowhere near the Magic and it's not really close to the Sixers. This line is just a no man's land. Uh, compared to the other teams, and I could see, I could see trades happening with this team. I could see Reggie Jackson getting moved. I could see, uh, what the hell is the guy's name from the Celtics? This Avery, is Bradley. Avery Bradley. Yeah, uh, what, Avery Bradley. Jesus, mm-hmm. that was bad. Yeah, I could see him definitely getting traded to a contender. He's probably the best perimeter defender in the league. So. I'm going to take the under. I feel like there's some trades that, that are to be made for this team. Duh, duh, now you're Duff, sorry. So yeah, I just doubled down on your little brain fart. I just had one. <laughs> Bab, <laughs> what do you think about the Pistons? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Duff. I mean, Reggie Jackson is kind of their best player, I guess, and he's not anything too special, I don't think. There's high hopes for him coming when he is back up in OKC, but he's never really done anything to prove himself as a starter. Um not too high on anybody else on that team. So you're under? And, yeah, under. Frank, are you under? Uh, actually, I'm going to take the over. Oh. Uh, I think this is Stan Van Gundy's year to, to save his job. Uh, I like Stan Van Gundy personally, so I believe he might be able to do it. 
I think Luke Kennard's an interesting pickup for them. Uh, he could be an unselfish guard they need to help Andre Drummond get get to the level of play he needs to be at that we all think he should be at. And uh, I think Stan Van Gundy will MacGyver that situation. So I'm going to take a slight over, very slight. I'll give you a point for just putting the word MacGyver in a sentence and it made a lot of sense. Uh, and I'll say I'll this. give you two points for knowing who MacGyver is. Hell yes. <laughs> I'll say this about the Pistons, though, because I don't want to spend too much time here. The only way I see Reggie Jackson having a good year is if Avery Bradley just takes all the defensive pressure off Reggie Jackson. Like, if the Pistons and, and Van Gundy tell Reggie, just don't even worry about defense that much, just, like, try to ball out on offense, maybe he'll have a good year and it'll work. But I don't have a lot of faith in Andre Drummond to be, like, a truly impactful winning basketball player in this league yet. Like, he's still super young, so, like, I don't know. I kind of think he's overrated right now. I don't think he's very good. Uh, he's not very good on defense other than rebounding. Um, I think this team is just not – doesn't fit well. I like Luke Kennard as well. I don't see it. I'm going to go under. I think they're 36-37. Right. All right. Now, Bab, you know we got to go to you first. We know – you know that we got to hear from you. This next team, Philadelphia 76ers. Line set at 41 and a half games. How many games they win last year? 28. So yeah. for them to hit the over, they have to win 14 more games than they won last year. That would be a historic leap. What, do you, what are you thinking? I'm thinking over. Um, I do think they got 14 games better because I'm very optimistic that Embiid's going to play at least half the games. Oh. I think, I think, yep. I think Simmons uh, coming back. I mean, yeah, he's a real special talent, obviously. Um, I, I mean, maybe it's not obvious, but to me, it is. Watching him kind of do what he does, uh, sees the court extremely well. He's just spectacular with the ball in his hands. I think they got 14 games better. I'm taking the over. Who cares about Embiid's big-ass contract? He's going to earn it. He's going to be worth it. They're winning 45 games. Wow. I mean, I love your confidence. Uh, I'm... No hesitation on that pick. I really no. I... I enjoy your, your take on that, and I, I hope, like, I really actually hope you're right. Now, people who listen to this podcast know I'm a Knicks fan. Like, I am a Knicks guy, but, of course, we're all NBA outsiders. We're NBA guys as well. We don't just love our teams. We love the league. Uh, we love to follow every storyline. I am, like, hoping so hard that Joel Embiid plays more than 31 games. Like, I told you guys before the podcast, I'm going to set a new over-under with the Sixers this year. So the over-under for their wins is, what, 41 and a half. I'm setting the over-under at 31, straight up. Is Joel Embiid playing more games than he did last year? Like, that is the question to me. He has got the huge contract. It's kind of scary, but you kind of have to do it. Not mad about it. Happy for him. But the 14-win jump plus Embiid maybe playing 31 games, it's going to be tough with this young roster throwing in J.J. Reddick, Rob Covington, and Amir Johnson as, like, the savvy veterans teaching people how to win. I think they're a year or two away from being really good. That being said, I see 38 wins for them, maybe 37, and I think that's a playoff spot in the East. But I go, I got under though. And Frank, what do you think? I'm gonna take the under. Um, they're very young. I think they have a lot of promising young pieces. Uh, I'm excited to watch. Play, but uh, I don't. That necessarily translates to wins. Um, yeah, under. And like Bab, you don't know a bigger Timothy Luau Cabarro fan than me. Like I'm a big, I'm a big Timothy Luau guy. Dude, he's got skills. I mean, he's young and he's gonna develop. But 
yeah, he, he's he's good, and uh, I think he might be like I don't know how much people know about you know Embiid or I mean if they follow the NBA they should, but I think he's kind of gonna be the biggest surprise if he gets minutes. I think I think he'll be good. So I, mean, I think you're right to be high on him. I think Cabarro is a nice little piece. I I think TJ McConnell's a nice piece. Like I think TJ McConnell is a guy who on maybe seven or eight out of out of eight, seven or eight NBA teams, he's getting minutes. Like he's a real NBA player. He's not just getting time because he's on the bad Sixers. Like he's actually decent at basketball. Robert Covington like really checks out as defender uh, with advanced metrics, and he he shoots a lot of threes, and he's not very good at it, but he'll make some. You got like, you got guys that are good NBA players, or like they they are NBA players is the point. That's why I think their their floor is actually pretty decent this year with or without Embiid. I think their floor is like thirty six wins. Uh, but getting above 40 is really challenging. So I, I just got to stick on the under. Did anyone uh, not make their pick yet on the Sixers? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't go yet. Oh, there you go. Yo, Bab, quick question. I just want to ask you a question, and then we'll we'll come back to it later. I promise it has a purpose. How do you feel about TJ McConnell? Um, so I was never really on the TJ McConnell train, but I think last year he kind of proved me wrong. Um, I like him. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just say that. I'll keep it short. I like him. Um, I think he will be a good piece coming off the bench. Like, I think okay. he's an NBA player, no? Like, that's yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I just wanted to I, – I just was wondering. Um, so I'm, I'm actually going to take the under on this, not because I don't think this thing can do the, – the, uh, I don't think this team can do great things. It's because I'm worried about their health. Um, Joel Embiid, obviously. I think you got to sign him. You got to sign him before the season started. Otherwise, he would have made it all the way to unrestricted or restricted free agency. So I think signing him was good. You got to do it. I, I I was weary on it at first. I was not too sure about that. It felt too soon. But after watching some of those highlights, I was I went back and watched the highlights. I forgot how good he was. I was literally just laughing at my computer screen watching YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited for him. But I am really, really worried about Markel Fultz's jump shot and how his right shoulder's been messing with him. If you watch videos of him shooting free throws, it really looks like he's bringing his shoulder up and then moving over and then just shooting only with his wrist. His mechanics are really weird if you compare him to to college. I think it has to do with his shoulder injury. So hopefully that works itself out and he can shoot like a normal person again. But I'm still going to take the under. Yeah, I think Duff, your your concern is very real. I mean, the more we learn about his shot form and his shoulder injury, it kind of makes a lot of sense. And what you just explained is exactly right. Like literally, type into Twitter Markel shots Markel Fultz uh, free throw or into Google, you'll see it. It is exactly what you explained. Like he moves his whole arm up, pauses on the left side of his body, and then just flicks it at the hoop. And he's doing the same thing with his jumper. It's weird and it's kind of scary. Like bad. Does that scare you? Absolutely. The the change in his shot, I mean, he was a good shooter in college, and I don't know what the hell he's doing right now. Apparently he did it himself, and nobody stopped him, but it's weird. It doesn't look good. It's definitely worrisome. Like, Ben Simmons' shot now looks smoother than Markel Fultz. Definitely, and he was never the smoothest shooting player. And that, that dude is shooting with the wrong hand. He's shooting with the wrong <laughs> hand, and his jump shot still looks better than Markel Fultz right now. True or false? Ben Simmons shoots with the wrong hand. Free throw, personally. What? I think he's got just an ugly free throw, 
as Marco Fultz's new jacked up one. No. I don't like his free throw release, man. He's got no touch. That's because he's shooting with the wrong hand, but his shot still looks better. In general, he just has no shooting touch at all. Only the floaters. Shooting with the wrong hand. He has, uh, like, Frank. Is that fault somehow? I'm judging based on how the guy shoots when I watch. It's it's not fluid. It's not good. Wait. No, Frank, you're right. And Duff, you're probably also right. Frank, if you – Frank and anyone who's listening out there, if you look up Ben Simmons' highlights, he's going to the hoop with his right hand with finger rolls, floaters, and they all look beautiful. And then he shoots, like, a little jump shot, and it looks very forced. But now, we got it's time to move on from that because we could go on a whole 45-minute podcast – about how Ben Simmons is a righty, and I think we should probably keep that one in our back pocket. Now that I think of it, <laughs> for for an idea for a yeah, couple let's, of, let's say that one for the All Star break, a couple of weeks into <laughs> the season. <laughs> but this is the NBA Outsiders podcast. We're hitting the over unders for the Eastern Conference. Please stay tuned. We're uh, up to the Charlotte Hornets. We have about six teams left. Uh, we're at maybe 35, 40 minutes now. So hopefully you're enjoying. And if you do, please feel free to reach out to us. That's on Twitter at Sportblog NYC or via the Sports Blog New York podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, SoundCloud, also sportsblognewyork.com. Reach out. Shout out the NBA Outsiders if you like what you've been hearing. Uh, we love to hear it. This is a podcast we just started up, in case it's your first time listening. Only podcast number two, but don't worry, because tomorrow we got our Western Conference over-unders. Today's the East, tomorrow's the West. Listen to both. Tell us what you think. And if you like what you're hearing, rating, review, shout out the Outsiders. We'd love to hear back from you guys. Um, so let's keep it moving now. We got the Charlotte Hornets, 42 and a half. They actually just found out Nick Batum will be out for the first six to eight weeks of the season. So that's a little bit of a tough uh, place to start off with a team that's mostly together from last year, but had a disappointing year. 42 and a half. Frank, I'll go to you. What do you think about the Hornets? Um, okay, so before the Batum injury, I was a lock on the over. I find myself questioning that pick now, but I'm going to stick by it. Six weeks in the grand scheme of things is not that bad. Uh, they have Malik Monk to fill his shoes, who is, you know, an exciting young rookie. I'm excited to see what he can do. All those Kentucky guys come to the NBA and show us, like, a new part of their game that they never got to display in college. So, you know, maybe he can bridge that gap for the first month, month and a half. So I'm going to stick with the over, but very slight. I don't think Dwight can uh, can ruin that locker room. Nice, stuff. What do you think? I'm with Frank on this one. Uh, I'm going to say the over also. I think he's right. Six to eight weeks, not a big deal. And hopefully they move Malik Monk into that starting role just so he can get his feet wet. You know, it's early in the season. you got to work kinks out anyway. Might as well get him some experience so that hopefully down the road he can help you win some games towards the end of the season. So I think... I think we lost Duff there for a second. Yeah, it sounds like... We lost Sounds you like- now for a second, but that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up where you left off there for a second. Um, Malik Monk is a guy who may benefit from a, some added usage in the beginning of the season because I think ideally, if the Hornets want to have a good season, right? Like the Hornets want to be a six seed, which is very possible for them. They kind of need Malik Monk to produce. But what's Malik Monk's best role? I think we could probably all agree, especially at this young in his career, is six man. So if he can get a little rhythm going as a starter. Um, why Batum's out if he's going to start I'm not sure get in a rhythm and then Batum comes back move him to the six man and he could really dominate second units that can be an exciting dark horse rookie of the year run for Malik Monk I'm not saying that is my pick but dark horse can be fun a guy who I actually like on the Hornets this year 
might sound a little crazy, but I think Frank Kaminsky can have like a sneaky good year for the Hornets Chill. with his. Like, no. You know, you're all out on Frank Kaminsky. I'm definitely slightly out. I'm definitely more out than I am in. I hear you because he moves kind of weird. It seems like he's just not quite there, not quite good enough. But I think he can really shoot and stretch the floor. And I think he's going to be a better rebounder just by being in the league. Uh, and Cody Zeller, by the way, is a guy who really impacts the Hornets a lot. Like Dwight Howard's all fun and dandy, I guess, to hopefully not ruin the locker room. Cody Zeller last year, when he missed games, the Hornets were like horrible. They were like 0-10 to start the season when Cody Zeller didn't play. They couldn't win without him. And he's their backup center now, I guess, if Dwight is good enough to start. I think this team relative to the Eastern Conference is decent. I'm going to go with a slight over as well. I just want to add one point um, to to what you said about Malik Monk getting in to start the lineup for the first you know few weeks of the year. Um, I couldn't agree more. Like if he can learn how to score off of Kemba Walker and the starters, that'd be like invaluable experience for when he when Nicholas Batum's come back and he gets relegated to that bench role. He'll he'll know more what his his game is in the NBA. So I think that'd be big for them. Yeah, I think. Um... I think that Batum being out six to eight weeks, I mean, I think it's going to cost him a couple games in terms of wins. But um, overall, I think Monk can fill that role pretty well. I think he's going to play a little bit of chip on his shoulder. He seemed to fall in the draft. Um, I was real surprised when he wasn't top ten. Um, I was stunned. But um, I can see them getting the over. MJ is going to keep uh, Dwight in line. He's not going to blow that up like you guys are all saying. Kevin Walker is an all-star card. Uh, so I'm going with the over on the on the Hornets, too. Word. I feel I feel you on Malik Monk. I thought this this league loves shooting now. Shooting is so valuable. They let the best shooter in the draft drop the double digits. But yeah, he just kept slipping. Wait, real quick, actually, Duff, Duff, you made me think of something real quick before you can take us to our next team. What does it mean to you? Everyone, give me like a quick, like real quick, ten second opinion on Malik Monk and how he's brought up how the Knicks pass on him multiple times. Uh, I think. This could be a really good thing, or it could be a really bad thing. I mean, you look at Draymond Green; he never he 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 remembers every single name that was drafted before him. He knows every single person who was drafted before him in order to every team that was drafted that drafted them. But he didn't. He harps on uh, all of these guys got taken before me. I was the best player in that draft. Blah blah. blah. Like he he takes a, a slight against him, which is a good thing to motivate you. But what Malik Monk is doing is saying, I can't believe this team, like he's so fixated on wanting to be in New York. I think that's a bad sign for Charlotte. A little longer than 10 seconds. but Yeah, it was like 35 seconds. I was about to cut you off, but you were doing a good job. It was a, it was a really good take, though. It was so, a good take. Well, yeah, I think he summed me up, too. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. All right, good job, Duff. All right, take us on. Yeah, look at that. I just spoke for the three of them. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, I thought right, you were going to keep us moving then. I was going to let you roll with it. Screw you. No, I'm taking it back. Yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> Here come the Miami Heat. I blew it real quick. <laughs> Just like the Miami Heat did when they finally had a chance to make the playoffs last year after a six-second half, and they didn't make it, but they went on like a 30-11 and 11 run in the second half. Yeah. This year, yeah. the over-under has now been adjusted properly. They're set at 43-and-a-half. Uh, let's go back to – now, Duff, you got to go last now. So, Bab, let's go to you first. You haven't gone first in a minute. Miami Heat, 43-and-a-half. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the over on the Heat. I think they have a lot of talent on that team. Uh, When was Drogic an all-star? Like two years ago, three years ago? Um, Was he not? 
That might be fake. That might be fake news. No, no, I think he was. He had, I think he was. Did he have a real good year when he got traded to Miami? I, I think he was an all-star. I'll fact-check that. I'll fact-check that eventually. But I think he's a good player. I think Waiters can be a good player if he stops thinking that he's the best player and just kind of accepts his role and what he can do. Um, yeah, maybe Winslow. You watch, you watch your damn mouth when you talk about a Deion Waiters like that. <laughs> listen. Listen, that's just – I'm, I'm just going to move on. Hassan Whiteside, okay, not too high on him. Uh, I know he's a good player. Kind of just annoys me. Um, and then coming off the bench, Olmec's not bad. Uh, Tyler Johnson's an interesting player. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think they got a lot of talent, and I think they're going to hit the over on that. I think they could uh, get hot. I got two things for you, Bab. A, Give it to me. A, we don't fact check on the NBA Outsiders podcast. We just roll it. You know what? <laughs> Fine. Yeah, we're not doing that. We let people fact check for us. If we're wrong, let us know because we ain't wrong. Actually, we definitely are wrong all the time. But that's yeah. number, that's number yeah, I was one. I was going to say, I already fact-checked that. Gordon Rogers never been an All-Star. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. He had a good year. He had a really good no, year. No, no, he for sure did. I knew what you were talking about. You had me convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you had some. I bet people would have left this pocket and be like, yeah, you know Goran Dragic was an All-Star? <laughs> number two yeah, is... Goran Dragic is going to be like a second ballot Hall of Famer. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> to number two, Duff, I mean, Bab, is that you have no right to not like Hassan Whiteside. You have no right. <laughs> Loud, funny, goofball center. Listen, I he's not he's not mine. He's not my loud, funny, goofball center. He's he's Miami's, and it just pisses me off. There's only enough room for one of them in the Eastern Conference, and he's on my team. Okay, whatever. You got the over, Frank. What do you got in the Heat? I got the over. I'm drinking Dion Waiters Kool Aid. Um, he's the greatest. Uh, I like Hassan Whiteside. I think they're gonna make a. Like, this is going to be their year to, you know, make their hard push for the playoffs. So, uh, I'm going to take the slight over for the Miami Heat. Duff, what do you think? I think slight over as well. This team ended last season on fire, 30-11. But the one thing that does concern me about, you know, there's some definitely good stuff to take away from that. They were spacing the floor better. They were shooting the ball better. And today's NBA, that's what you got to do. But they started to play a lot better as soon as their top draft pick from last season got hurt. As soon as Justice Wenzel got hurt, they started to play better. So it'll be interesting to see how they work him back into it. I think he's a smart kid. He's a good player that he'll buy in. And if I'm him, I didn't do anything this summer but shoot corner threes. So hopefully he did that. And they're going to hit this over. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. I disagree with you guys on the over, but I think I agree with you guys more or less about the team. I think they are a slight, slight under. I look at this team. I think they have talent top to bottom. They don't have any studs on the roster, but Goran Dragic, very good, like B+. They have a lot of B+. And I think end of the day, they'll have a little ups and downs, maybe a good run like they did last year. Very solid bench, even if you think Tyler Johnson, Wayne Ellington, Josh Richardson, Olenek, and even Bam Adebayo is a rookie who Frank kind of got me onto. He looked good in Summer League. Um, I think they're a decent team. They're definitely a playoff team, but I see them as 500. Like They kind of just look 500 to me, 41, 42 wins, maybe 43. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say slight, just a soft little under. So let's keep it moving. we got the Milwaukee Bucks. We're coming into the Big Five because let's be real. We got the Bucks, the Wizards, the Raptors, the Cavs, and the Celtics left in the Eastern Conference. That's the big five. Like It's not even close. Those are the best teams in the Eastern Conference, and the Vegas over-unders show that 
off the bat. So the Milwaukee Bucks are the next team, according to Vegas, just below the Wizards, and they're at 47 and a half. This is perhaps one of the longest teams of all time with one of the most interesting and explosive and dominant players we may see uh, in the NBA history. Like Giannis Antetokounmpo has the opportunity to be a lifetime legend for what he can do on the basketball court. But he's still super young. This team isn't absolutely loaded from top to bottom. They're kind of very good with an awesome player. So there's an interesting team, 47 and a half. Duff, let's go to you. What do you think? I wait. I have to defer to Bab here, and I promise I have a good reason for it. Bab, you go first, please. Do you want me to say what I think you want me to say? Uh, yeah, I think I want you to say what you think I want you to say. All right. So listen, they're they're uh, they're a good team with a once in a lifetime player. Uh, Anna Kupo is amazing. Um, him alone is going to make me say over. I want to say the under so bad. Because I hate Matthew Delvadova. That guy grinds my gears. But I'm going with the over. They have a really special talent. And, you know, they have the rookie of the year from last year. They're just, there's, there's, there's good pieces there. So I'm going with the over. All right. So what do you got? What do you got? Does everyone remember when I asked Bab what he thought of TJ McConnell? Yes. Oh, my God. All right. Gosh. So do me a favor. <laughs> everyone, do me a favor and just try to find one single difference between TJ McConnell and. And Matthew Delavadova, besides the fact that one's Australian and one's not. Well, see, that, yeah. that's... I, I Find guess, me one single difference. I, I mean, found the problem here. Bab's a continentist. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's just so... I just want everyone, the one takeaway to take away from this episode, Bab is a hypocrite. He doesn't like Hassan Whiteside because he's too that's loud a, and he's, he's big on social media. Oh, wait, Joel Embiid's the same as that person. Uh, he doesn't like TJ McConnell because... Or, no, he doesn't like Matthew Delavadova because he's gritty and he doesn't think he's good enough to be in the NBA. TJ McConnell, literally the same person. As, uh, you know, I guess you're right. There's a recurring theme right there that if they're not my guys, I don't like them. Also, but, wait, no, Duff, difficult Duff, Duff, there's one really big, there's actually a real big difference between Embiid and Hassan Whiteside. Embiid's better. No, Hassan Whiteside plays like 70 games a year. <laughs> yeah, Hassan Whiteside has definitely been way more valuable so far. <laughs> and Hassan Whiteside actually got the numbers to back it up. Yeah, he played 30 minutes a game last year, bro. If these numbers, when he plays, they back it up. I, I'm, I'm citing minutes over here, man. I'm citing minutes. Whatever. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Talk to me when the season's over and Embiid won MVP. That's right. like we'll the, that's <laughs> on the baseball team that never hits, and then the coach lets him get a pity at bat, and he gets a hit, and he's like, yeah, you see how good I did right there? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah buddy, you did real good. <laughs> You just gotta like appease the guy who's played twenty games well, whatever. All right, yeah, wasn't well, that wasn't that you in high school? What was your only at bat? Was like a grand slam. <laughs> um, I had one at bat in high school. And I popped up to the pitcher, so it definitely wasn't a grand slam. Yeah. Oh no, you gave up a grand slam. I, I, it was a three-run home run. Yeah, I, sorry, I'm getting my stories confused. My bad. <laughs> I was trying to. That's when you just say yes. You just take what I'm giving you, and you just say yes. I hit a grand slam. My only at bat in high school. <laughs> Listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk myself up. When you know, I don't want to disappoint people. That's exactly what you should have been doing. All right, back to the Bucks. Um, I'm going to take the over. This is my dark horse to take the one seed. I've said it to you guys before. I'm going to say it again. I can see a scenario in which the Cavs don't give a shit about what their regular season record is, and they hit a couple injuries because their guys are old as shit. And the Celtics take a little while to get out of the gate. I can see that scenario playing out, and then the Bucks just click. Because Giannis makes them click, and he can do whatever he wants on a basketball court. 
I'm not saying it's a lock that they're going to be the one seed, but I am saying that it's a lock that they will hit the over. Boom. Love it. Uh, I like where your head's at with that. Did I, did I already say over for the Bucks? Uh, you said it without saying it. Yeah, give me the over. I explained myself before. Um, I'll just shout out Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton's a good player. Uh, he is a guy who plays on both ends. When Jabari Parker was in, was uh, playing and Middleton was hurt, Bucks were average. Jabari went down, but Middleton came back, and they were a good team. I really like him. Uh, rookie DJ Wilson, check him out. And Thon Maker might be unleashed this year. Something to watch with the Bucks. Frank, what do you got? I got the hard over on the Bucks. I see them winning like 55 games this year, personally. Whoa. Big, yeah, big on Giannis. Um I think he's I think he's my MVP pick for this season coming up. So high expectations for the Bucks. Also, Jason Kidd, really good coach. I love it. All right, so we got three. We got four overs on the Bucks. I think that's the only team we all got overs for. I'm checking the list real quick. I'm checking it only once. Uh, we don't check twice on the NBA Outsiders podcast. Yeah, that's the only team we all have the over for. So we could all look real smart or real stupid. We shall, we shall see. On to the next one: the Washington Wizards set at just a half game over the Bucks. 48, John Wall, Bradley Beal, pretty vengeful coming into the season. I think they're excited to be able to compete in this Eastern Conference this year. I think they have a chance to really shake it up. And uh, what do you guys think? Let's go to Bab. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I really like the Wizards. I mean, I like Wall. I like Beal. I just, the problem there, I don't really think they're very deep. I mean, you're looking at their bench, and I don't know really what kind of talent, what you're going to get out of that second unit. Um, Otto Porter Jr. He's a good player, but I I, I like them. I think they're going to be fun to watch just because Beal and Wall they're going to play with that chip on their shoulder this year. They are kind of um, looking they're out to prove something. But I, I'm going to have to go with the under. I just don't think they're deep enough to to hit that mark. Duff, what do you think? I'm thinking that I agree with Bab because <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm thinking I agree with that because they're not deep, like he said. And if Beal or Wall, I mean, Beal had a great playoffs. Wall did too. He ran out of gas at the end of games, but he still put up some crazy numbers. And he's a freak athlete, and he's getting first team all defense this year because Kobe said so. So I'm all in on John Wall. But I feel like if him or Beal miss any amount of significant time, like if either one of them are out for four to five weeks at any point in the season, I think this is – an easy under, so I'm gonna have to take the under. Um, so I kind of I have uh, some reservations, like Duff, with you know health. But for the Wizards, I'm gonna assume health just because last year was really John Wall and Bradley Beal's first full year together, I and mean, they played really well together. Um, I think they're both gonna be All Stars this year. I think Bradley Beal's gonna score at least you know two points more a game. Uh, and I think John Wall is actually a dark horse MVP candidate if he can maybe score close to like five more points a game and keeping everything else around the same. Uh, it'll be very impressive to post for an entire season. I'm high on the Washington Wizards. So wait, you you kind of went all over the place. That you're high on the Wizards. Yeah, I said over. Okay, okay. At first, you were with Duff for a second. I thought you were going on the slide. Oh, no, I said, yeah, I meant, I said that more so because, like, I, I could see a scenario where Bradley Beal's hurt for sixty games again, but I'm not gonna assume that. I'm right. gonna assume the opposite. I'm with you, Frank. I'm with you exactly. And I look at the standings from last year. This is a team that didn't get worse. I mean, what are their key acquisitions? 
they don't really have any, right? What they have to hope for is Kelly Oubre to be better, uh, Yamahini to like maybe be healthy. Like I don't know. Tim Fraser is their only real acquisition, and he seems like he can be an okay backup point guard that can be helpful for them. But really, they're the same team in a weakened Eastern Conference, and they won 49 last year. I think they're the same uh, spot, 49, 50, 51. I think they have a chance to hit 51, uh, but I definitely like the over on the Wizards. John Wall, Bradley Beal, going to have very strong years, and they're excited to make a playoff run, but I think they're going to have something to prove throughout the regular season. Slight over, 50, 51. All right, let's keep it moving. I love the pace here. We're at about 55, maybe 50, 55 minutes. I'm not really exactly sure, but around that. doesn't matter. We have three teams left, and we got three good teams to talk about here. So the first one is the Toronto Raptors, 48 and a half, just a half game over Washington. Kind of would have expected them to be slightly below Washington, but last year the Raptors, quietly because that's what they are now, they had 51 wins, the same as the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, it's a team people don't get too excited about, guys. I don't know where you guys stand, but it's also a number that seems very fair. So, Frank, I'll go to you. What do you think about the Raptors? Uh, so, yeah, this is a weird team because we've kind of we, – we know their ceiling. We've seen their ceiling in the playoffs. Like, we, we know they're never really going to compete for an NBA Finals if they continue to do what they're doing. But um, year in and year out, they are a very, very good regular season team. Um, for that reason alone, I'm going to hit the over. They usually are pretty healthy. Um, they have a bunch of good role players still. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I think, it will continue to improve. I don't see why he wouldn't. He was like a different player after being on that Olympic team last year. So, you know, I'm excited to see him keep taking strides towards being like a, a dominant two in this league. I think he could be one of the better two players. Uh, shooting guards in the entire league this year so uh regular season yeah i'm high on the raptors probably like 50 wins duff what do you think yeah i'm, I'm actually gonna take the over on this team too uh definitely expect absolutely nothing from them in the playoffs per usual but this team they shot a lot of long to mid-range twos last year and so far in the preseason it looks like they've been embracing three-point shot more but which is good for just style of basketball right now, but I'm worried that they don't have a lot of great three-point shooters to actually execute on that strategy. But I, I think they got good enough players to figure it out. I'm going to take the over. I feel like they're going to hit 50 games. Bad. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to agree with both of them. I'm going over. They're always a good regular season team. Uh, I think Serge Ibaka is one of the better, you know, help defenders, rim protectors in the league. DeRozan had a fantastic year last year. I think he's going to continue to get better. They're going to they're going to win more than 50, 50 and a half games and then get bounced in the first or second round. Wow. I mean, you guys are all right about not playoff team. I'm really shocked you all got on the over there. Uh I'm on the under. I think it's a slight under. I agree with you guys overarching that they're going to be a good regular season team. I think 46, 47, 48 is their range. So that's why I'll take the slight under. The only way, my caveat for the Toronto Raptors, is if DeMar DeRozan can even become an average three-point shooter. Like, he, if he was average at shooting threes and shot them at an average clip, uh, average amount, he would be a way better player. Like, over the course of 82 games where he is getting buckets all day, if he turned just a small portion of those into three-pointers, it would be absurd how many more points he would score and how much more efficiently. I saw a stat in a Kevin O'Connor 
article, and I don't know exactly, you know, number for number what it was, but it was something like he, if he would have taken maybe 80 more shots at the rate that he shot uh, at threes, which was like 28%, which is horrible, he would have scored the same amount of points in like 80 to 100 less shots or something like that. So basically, the, the stat proved that DeMar DeRozan needs to shoot threes. Even if he shoots it at 30%, 33%, shooting the threes will help his game out tenfold because he has a clean jumper. It's not like he has a broken form. He needs to shoot three-pointers. His efficiency will skyrocket, and he'll actually be a lead two-guard in this league because right now he's below the top tier because he's not great defensively, and he's inefficient with those long twos. Like He needs to shoot threes. It's really simple to me. Yeah, Pete, I actually read that same article that you're talking about. That was that was what made me think if they just shoot more threes, you know, it'll be better. They shot 41% on two-pointers between 16 and 24 feet, and it equates to 0.82 points per shot. And then if you only shoot 27% from three, you get the same points per shot. So they're, they could drop their field goal percentage by 13%, but they still get the same amount of points. So if they can just shoot 30% from three, they'll score a lot more points. That's what I'm saying, man. And like, I knew my numbers were slightly off, but that was the gist of it. I think the point For sure. that we were trying to make is definitely across, even if the numbers are slightly off. I tried to pull up the Kevin O'Connor article on the record. No, I got it right in front of me. Those are the numbers. Oh, you got it for sure. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Look at you fact-checking. I like it. I got it, dude. Because I knew I, I read this a few days ago too, and I I really thought it was interesting. Super interesting, and just just chuck some threes tomorrow, man. You have a shot, just shoot it. <laughs> so listen to Shea Serrano. Speaking shoot of or shoot, man. Have you learned anything? Right. God definitely doesn't follow Shea Serrano on Twitter. Um, let's move on to the next team. So we got three overs, and I'm the only under on the Raptors. So now we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, now only the Cavs and the Celtics remain in this Eastern Conference over under. But the Cavs and Celtics might be the most interesting. The saving the best for last. Bab, I want to go to you. Cleveland Cavaliers, 53 and a half. What do you think? Yeah, that's a, they're going to be my second lock for an over. Man, I think that uh, Dwayne Wade reuniting with LeBron is really going to be something special to watch. doesn't even matter when Isaiah Thomas comes back because I think Derrick Rose is going to be able to fill his spot nicely. Um, they have a pretty deep bench i think in my opinion um they have the experience they've been in the postseason so much the last couple years um i I see them winning between 58 and 60 i wouldn't be surprised if they hit 60 games so i'm locking them in at the over i'm with you on that i I, I, i'm gonna take the over on them as well i don't like betting against lebron james i'm just gonna say even if it's in the regular season i think they got a lot of older guys who are hungry I, when LeBron's with Dwayne Wade, I think all they care about is winning. Maybe it's just the finals and maybe they tank the regular season, but I don't see it happening. I think Derrick Rose is hungry for it. I think they're going to end the season strong this year because they're going to get Isaiah Thomas back rather than last year when they kind of skidded towards the finish line and then only took the two seed. So I'm definitely going to take the over on this one. Frank? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm taking the over. Um, I think last year what you saw from the Cavs in the regular season was like they kind of didn't have many new players. They all had the same guys around. They all kind of like achieved their goal of beating, you know, Steph Curry and the Warriors. They were lackadaisical. I think Kyrie Irving wanting out of Cleveland so bad kind of gives like LeBron James and the rest of the team just some fuel. You just just don't want to throw fuel on LeBron James. That guy 
we'll light it up. Um, I, I'm smashing the over. I think the I think the Cavs are going to be one of the best teams in the NBA this year. I think they're trying to prove a point. Wow, I love it. And this is going to be the second team now that we all have the over. I'm totally with you guys. Uh, I think I could speak for everybody here. Will this core four of the NBA Outsiders, are we all um, team Derrick Rose? Hell yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Nah, I'm out on D-Rose. Oh, we were so close. We always have the one. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and so you know if it's going to be someone, it's going to be me. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm excited yeah, to watch D-Rose. Rose. That dude doesn't, he doesn't, sh- he doesn't even show up to games anymore. I mean, maybe if anyone can get him in shape and just get his mind right, it's going to be LeBron. But I couldn't agree for that. That was one of the oddest so bizarre ever happened in like in my experience of NBA basketball. Like I remember just texting people, being like, "Yo, like obviously you don't know where he is either." But like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was that was truly like the most what the fuck moment I've ever had from sports. Frank, I, I remember because I remember that extremely vividly. I was actually at the game. Anybody who listens to this podcast, any like regularly knows that I've mentioned it a ton of times. I think you texted me about him not showing up, and I was like, "Dude, I'm here. I have no, I have no clue. Like, I have no idea what the hell's going on." Yeah, man, it was it was super weird, and I remember I was trying to like find out for you like what's going on, and I just nothing was conclusive. And then they just found out after the game that he like left Joe Kim Noah a text message or something like super weird. Very weird, but what are you going to do? I think that that all being said, uh, three of the four of us are rooting for Derrick Rose this year and think he has something to give. And I think the reason of that being is he gets to hide his deficiencies on a team like the Cavs. He's not going to get overly exposed on defense because he has guys who can help out. Uh, He's going to be able to get to the rim with a team that can space the floor a little bit. I mean, their spacing is a little bit weird with Dwayne Wade on the floor, but they're going to be fine. I'm real excited. This is the few regular seasons I see LeBron James caring about and like trying to win an MVP. I think he just wants an MVP at this point. But all right, we're on to the last team of the Eastern Conference. Uh, This is really an interesting team. So to preface the Boston Celtics, the number is 55 and a half. That's the highest of the Eastern Conference. They only returned four players from the Boston Celtics last year. That's Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Smart. Everybody else is new. Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Morris, um, obviously Jason Tatum. They lost guys like Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek. Now they got Aaron Baines and Sammy Ogilvie. 55 and a half, the highest number in the East. A lot of new faces. Um, Duff, let's go to you first. What do you think? I'm taking the hard over. I think this team can win 60 games. I just think... Kyrie Irving is just going to be on fire. He, he This season, he's going to go for 40, like, maybe five times. I could just see that happening. I think Al Horford, his rebounding numbers are going to suck, but they're going to run a lot of offense at, uh, through him in the high post, and he's going to get a ton of assists. And my man, the draft and stash that they had, uh, was a year back, two years back, Yabuselli. Garrison Yabuselli, that's correct. Yeah, dude. He was he was playing for my team out in Shanghai, the Shanghai Shacks, for any <laughs> Donnie Does fans out there. Um, but I, I think he could be a legit 3 and D guy. He's, he's got great body type, real athlete. And Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens, like that connection is going to be awesome. A lot of high IQ players on this team with a great coach and a – 
franchise with a lot of tradition. I'm excited for it. It's typical Duff. You know, he sees a shamrock and he goes crazy right there. <laughs> and the Celtics are going to smash and win 60 games, even though they got four guys who returned from last year. Oh, um, yeah. The guy named John Lucas Duffy likes the Celtics. Shocker. <laughs> right? He, he, I bet you he also likes beer. That's a far stretch, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. Never drank a beer in my life. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but um, I, I'm a wine guy. Everyone knows that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm going to take the slight under on the Celtics. Um, they have a lot of turnover. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with Duff. They have a bunch of talent. Uh, there's no denying that. But I think it's going to take them a little time to uh, to hit stride. And, um, you know, 55 games, that's, that's a lot. So, you know, I, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, not be good. I'm just saying slight under. Maybe 55, maybe 54. I, I just don't see 56, 57, 58 for them. Not with all these new new faces. Bad. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with Frank. I think 60 games is nuts. There's, I don't think they're gonna touch that. I see them between like 51 and 53. Just way too much turnover. Way too many new faces, like we said. Um, I think their bench is still young, kind of. They're all gonna be learning how to play together. And yeah, I'm. Go- I think the Cavs are gonna be the best team in the East. So I'm gonna have to go with the under for the Boston Celtics. I hear you. I'm actually with Frank and Bab on this one. I really like the Celtics. I think the reason why I have them at 54, 55, I think that's super realistic. I think they're going to be very good. I just like the slight under, 53, 54, 55. Uh, because of the turnover and because of their defense and rebounding from the bigs. So Al Horford, Marcus Morris starting at the four and the five, that's not intimidating a lot of teams defensively. That's not intimidating a lot of threes rebound and that's not even intimidating people in the post on offense really i mean al horford's okay in the post but he's more of a high post passer little spot up shooter nowadays so their defense really worries me i think guys like aaron baines and even daniel deese the german dude they have to be impactful players for the celtics in the second unit because their diff- their second unit kind of checks out to be as good on defense as their their lead unit but i think a big x factor for the celtics this year is jalen brown I think it's fair to say I like Jalen Brown more than the average bear. I'm pretty high on him. People say he can't shoot. I disagree. I think he will be able to shoot, and he's shown signs of a clean jump shot. He is hungry. He's a smart kid. Uh, He's a little quirky, a little eccentric, but, man, does he love playing basketball, and he loves competing. I think the fact that he got to play meaningful minutes guarding LeBron James in the playoffs last year, even when he was, he got abused, but he played real NBA basketball, like legit, highest level. Second year... Coming in back into the league, I think he's going to be a confident player this year. Playing next to Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, I love it. They're going to be so fun and interesting to watch. But that all being said, I'm high on the Cavs this year. I like Cavs at 55, 56. I like the Celtics at 54, 55. And that's what I'm going with, under. I I just want to come back in on Celtics here. I think Aaron Baines is definitely going to grab those rebounds. The dude is huge. Did, did, did everyone hear what... Tommy Heinsohn said about him. Yes, I during, did. Like the very first preseason game. I heard it via the NBA ringer, the ringer NBA. Yeah, did, what Bab and Frank? Do you guys hear that? Well, was it about his thirty-inch vertical? No, this is about his thirty-inch something, not his vertical. What? Whoa! <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Dude, dude, he he uh the the guy Tommy Heinsohn's been with the Celtics forever. Is Homer? He's like ah, 
maybe we'll toss a clip in here, but he he was uh, he said he was walking through the Celtics locker room. He saw Aaron Baines in the shower, and that he looked built. He looked like all of Australia. He said whatever he was, that means. He was well put together. I believe it was well the quote. put together. So I think you're ousting, or I guess he ousted himself right there. I don't know how this is relevant. I think Aaron Baines is your typical. Aaron Baines is going to be like. Like Costa Kufos, like just an overpaid guy who's there to grab rebounds. Um, Aaron Baines is real physical. I mean, they like th- take this for what it's worth. But when he was on the Pistons last year, they were a way better team with Aaron Baines on the court than Andre Drummond. By like real plus minus, the entire team was better substantially. Yeah, same thing with Boban Marjanovic, but he also played twelve minutes a game. Yeah, but Aaron Baines no. didn't play twelve minutes a game. He played a yeah, lot. I'm just saying, like that. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe he played well last year. I still don't think Aaron Baines is a better player than Andre Drummond. Look, think about... I would never take Aaron Baines over Andre Drummond. Like, you could not force that upon me. No, but... But think about what they need. Like, Al Horford works well in Brad Stevens' system as a high-IQ passing big man who's going to play crunch time minutes. Aaron Baines is not going to play crunch time minutes. He's just going to be... He's going to start at center, I think, this year. And... um. What's his name? Marcus. He's being paid to be a rebounder for that team. I think that's really all he's going to be, though, personally. He's going to rebound and protect the rim. Think about it this way. Think about it as he is the Celtics' Tristan Thompson, or he's the Celtics' uh, Andrew Bogut from the Warriors, or like Zaza Pachulia from the Warriors, where he like kind of starts. He starts at center, but he's actually not really going to be playing in crunch time, like meaningful minutes. I guess. Like, like their crunch time lineup will include Al Horford at the five, and then either you know if Tatum can prove himself, maybe he'll get in there, but probably not. Marcus Morris nah. will be that guy. Um, it's gonna be like Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford. That's probably gonna be their crunch time five. That is a crazy. You're, you're, honestly, you're right. I was kind of leaving Marcus Smart out of there. It's crazy because that Marcus Smart can kind of guard one through four sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, he lost a lot of weight, so hopefully that means he's going to be leaner and faster and able to guard smaller smaller guys. Yeah, I don't see him guarding the bigger guys anymore. No, you're like, right. But like when, when the Celtics played the Knicks last year, Marcus Smart used to body up Melo. Like, he used to give Melo fits on occasions. Yeah, Melo also fights that kind of shit. Melo loves when people are like all up in his, his grill. That's true. Yeah. All right, well, guys, I think we did a good job here. We went through every Eastern Conference team. We hit our overs and the unders. I'm pretty sure Bab locked in the Pacers and the Cavs as his two overs. But let's, before we go, before we say goodbye to the SBNY podcast audience and the NBA Outsider fans, um, let's lock in. So Bab has locked in the Pacers and the Cavs. Frank, who are you locking in? I'm locking in Nets. And I'm locking in Bucks. Both as big overs, not just overs, big overs. Duff? Duff ain't locking in shit, I guess. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give Duff a chance. Shit, 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 shit. Wait, my mic was off. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm locking in the Celtics at the over, uh, and then I'm going to lock in the Magic at the under. That's a hard lock. Nice. Magic. I like it. I'm going to lock in the Nets on the over, and I'm locking in. Sorry, Bab. Sorry, Joel Embiid. Sorry, the process. I'm rooting for you guys, but I'm locking in the under on the Sixers as well. I, and listen, I'll be happy to prove you wrong, but we'll wait and see. I, I'm, put, I'm not putting money on it, so I'm, I hope I'm wrong too. But I just think I'm right. Sorry. 
feel you. <laughs> well, this is the NBA Outsiders Podcast. Hopefully you guys stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. We're going to do the Western Conference. Uh, I think this one went well. Did you guys have fun? Yeah, that was a good one. Love it. Always having fun when we're talking NBA, bro. That's what it is. This is the NBA Outsiders Podcast. I'm Pete Kennedy for Frank Villani, Justin Babb, and John Lucas Duffy. Hopefully you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and come back for tomorrow, Western Conference Over-Unders, and tell your friends.